Come on, clap, give a praise. First Corinthians chapter 14 and a verse number three. We stand to honor God in the reading of God's word. We're coming to all our viewers online on TV through our third service. It's going to be good. We thank God for how far he's brought us today. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number three. We read to the Bible, so want to go. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Father, speak right now in the language you understand. Silence the voice of the enemy. Rebuke the confusion. Let it be clarity of your word and let it be revelation and understanding. Let it be light in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap your hands. God bless you. Be seated. Can we love and eat a blessing life? Always been a blessing. We've been dealing with the subject of prophecy. We started last week, not two weeks ago, and we're continuing on prophecy. We'll probably we'll do another one next week before we wrap it up. And the subject of prophecy or the prophetic has been very, um, especially, it's always been like that, very controversial and all kinds of beliefs and all kinds of posture and reception that meets the prophetic. Some criticizes, some think that it's not needed, some believe in it, and there are all kinds of um, positions when it comes to the prophetic. But I'm a firm believer of the ministry and the gift of prophecy. I believe that it is one of the greatest weapons that God has given the body of Christ. And no matter how bad it has been, Unfortunately, deplore, use, abuse, misuse. Um, people that make profit of it, not profits of it. It is still now more than ever very relevant, strategic, strong, and needed for the body of Christ. And if you are a student of prophets, you want to clap your hands and give God a praise right now. Why? Is it so? It is so because everything of great value, the enemy will try to make counterfeit of it. And established some truth last week, and I want to take us a bit deeper on that subject. Last week, we defined what prophecy is. So it's a special grace of God given by the Holy Spirit to certain members of the body of Christ who speak for the mind, the counsel, and the will of God. And we talk about prophecy widely considered as a unique gift that marks the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we saw in the book of Joel and the book of Acts. Says our poor man's people all flesh, lastly, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Bible said when the day of Pentecost fully come, the Holy Spirit descended, they spoke in tongues, they prophesied. And in the book of Acts chapter 19, when Paul leans on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they prophesied, spoke in tongues, they prophesied. And Paul, in urging the church, singled out a gift of prophecy as the most preferred gift. We talked about the relationship between gift of prophecy. Rhema and Logos. And we established what Logos is being the full counsel of the word of God, which is the Bible. Rhema being the part of the word that the Holy Spirit highlights and throws lights on. And we define what prophecy is. And we talk about the types of prophecy. Then we say that there's general prophecy which deals with the Bible. The Bible is a general prophecy. The, the general prophecies in the Bible, like the coming of Jesus Christ. He said he, he will come again. And that is a general prophecy. That one, it is unconditional. There's nothing you can do about it. Whether you believe it or not, he, he's coming again. 
Christ is coming as a general prophecy. We talk about the signs of the end time prophecies. The end time. Like wars, rumors of wars, famine, all the fulfillment, the, the building on the temple. Then we talk about rapture and so on and so forth. And we talk about personal prophecy being that it is a word that is given to specific individual, family, community, nation, ministry, church, and so on. And we talk about the fact that personal prophecies are in parts. They are forward-looking. It's conditional. It's timely. And so on. Today I want to talk about the purpose of prophecy. Why prophecy? Why would God give us the prophetic word of all prophecy? First Corinthians 40 verse 3, our mother scripture says, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification, to exhortation and comfort. The gift of prophecy, understand number one, that the purpose of this gift is to exalt, to edify and to comfort. To edify, to exalt and to comfort. The simplest scriptural definition of prophecy the prophetic words edifies. The prophetic words edify. They bring edification. Every prophecy, the gift of prophecy is unto edification. It edifies. To edify means to build up. God desires to build his people up through prophecies. God wants us not to be a weak, feeble, little-minded, slow, any lightweight Christians. God wants us to be edified. And God wants us to be edified through the gift of prophecy. He that prophesied, prophesied unto edification, to build up. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand a chance. The Bible says that, but you beloved building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So when we, when we pray in tongues, we build our spirit. When we prophesy, we build the church. God wants the church to edify, to be built up. The word edify is related to the word edifice, which is another word for building. The church is God's building. The church is God's building. His building is built up through prophecy. How do we, how do prophetic words build the church? By bringing exhortation, comfort to individuals and people who make up the church. Exhortation in the Greek word is paraklesis, which means solace, entreaty, consolation, admonition, comfort. So how do we get edified? By exhorting. So when we are exhorted, when, we are, when, when the prophetic brings us to a place of solace, admonition, comfort, consolation, we are built up. So God wants us edified. God wants us built up. How do we get built up? By the exhortation that the prophecy brings. So through exhortation, we are built up. How do we get exalted? We get exalted through the prophetic word that brings solace, comfort, 
consolation, entreaty. It, when God gives you a word, it brings you a place of solace. It consoles. It, it, it comforts. It empowers. Then by that exhortation, you are built up. You are strong. You are not feeble. You are not confused. You are not weak. By exalting, we become edified. My God, I feel like blessing somebody right now. This word is related to the word, this paracletus is related to the word paracletus or comforter. Another name of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit uses prophecy to comfort believers, to exalt them to holiness, to love, to worship, to praise, to prayer, evangelism, humility, and giving. The gift of prophecy exalts us to prayer. It exalts us to pray, to holiness, to purity, to, to evangelism, to humility, to prayer, to, 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 to holiness, to love, to worship. Comfort. It brings comfort. The Pearl's prophecy is exhortation, edification, comfort. Comfort in Greek means paramuthia, which means consolation. This is a different type of comfort. It is especially important for believers who are suffering or struggling in their faith. Sometimes you'll be in a service and, 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 and a word will come to strengthen people's faith. You never, you never know the need of the gift of prophecy until sometimes your friend, your faith is shaking. Sometimes you can be hit hard. Sometimes you can have some deep contention and battle and, and all kinds of things trying to strangle and choke your faith. Then the prophetic comes to revive you, activate you, stir you, provoke you, anoint you, elevate you, lift you, and comfort you. Your clapping is sitting in the house right now. The gift of prophecy, it comforts. It comforts the believers that are suffering. Going through struggles, contention. I don't know what you've been through and what you are dealing with, but there are many who are in the valley of life. They are in the valley of dry bones. But I came in to speak prophetically that the bones will live again. These bones shall live again. Your army will rise again. The church will bounce again. We will preach again. We will see God's goodness again. The devil is a liar. I came with a word, comfort my people speak comfortably to them that their warfare is over and that their iniquity is pardoned for every attack. I came here with a word from God to revive, to stir, to anoint, to edify, to exalt, to comfort, to empower. Do I have a people in the house who are excited about the things of God, who are excited about God giving a word to revive you and to stir you up one more time. I told you that gone were the days when, when people entered people's house and the first thing they're asking for is give me your album. In the 90s, early 2000s, give me your album. Let me go through some pictures. You see some old pictures. That's what you get somebody's house, that's what you're asking for. But today, when you get somebody's house, you're not asking for album, you're asking for charger. Give me a charger. 
and the phone charge. I need to charge my phone because, because you are on your phone. That's your addiction. Me included, buddy. You are not all struggling. No. We are all on our phones. I can count how many times people are around me. I've taken their phone and never even gave it back to them. I don't know what happened to the charger. Just, just disappeared. We are all charging our phone charge because once you got your phone charged, once your battery is not dead, once your phone is powerful, once your phone is charged up, you can be on internet. You can be in Ghana and be in America and be in Germany and be in Europe and be in China because your phone is powered up, it's charged up and you are excited, you are connected and when you stay in their hall, in their house you are not even bothering talking to them you are on Instagram, you are on Snapchat, you are on Facebook, you are on Waterman, where TikTok oh my goodness, that's another one you are deep somewhere all over the place and that's what you revives you, if there's a physical charger, then may I submit to you that there's a spiritual charger, if the physical charger charges your phone then prophecy is the charger of your Christian walk in other words, when you are down when you are in the valley, when you are struggling, when you are afraid when you don't know what to do the word comes to power you to fire you, to activate you, to stir you and to tell you that it is well it will turn around, it was made for evil but God will turn it for good do I have a club in the house of people who understand what I'm talking about prophecy is your charger it fires you up to say that it's not over God is not done with you yet that's why I refuse not to believe in the prophetic I am a firm believer of the gift of prophecy number two the gift of prophecy is for guidance guidance Paul was on his way to Macedonia prophecy will show you where to go my goodness many Christians are living a life of try and error today this tomorrow that they are copying they are trying to follow people God does not make counterfeits God only makes original and there's an original you there's a place that God want you to go there is something that God want you to do there's a location for you there's a destiny for you there's an assignment for you and if only you can follow the Holy Spirit he will guide you I get deep into the, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 16 and the verse number 9 the verse number 9 verse number 6 verse number 9 I love book of Acts because it shows us what happened with the church the Bible said now when they are gone through when I've gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to, to preach the forbidden Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. So even if they wanted to preach, but they were forbidden not to preach. My God, how did they know that they shouldn't preach in Asia? By the Holy Spirit speaking to them through the ministry of prophecy. And after they were come to Messiah, they are said to go to Bethany. But the Holy, but the Spirit suffered them not. Verses eight says. Verse eight, the work. Verse eight, the Bible said. And passing through Messiah, came down to trials and verse 9 the Bible says and the vision appeared unto Paul and the vision appeared to Paul in the night there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying come over unto Macedonia and help us can you imagine the different navigation they don't go don't come move here there there before Paul got to Macedonia Paul had, would have missed it if he was not in tune 
alone uh, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, if all we got is our mind uh, and our logic uh, and not the Spirit of God, uh, we'll be in a place uh, that the Lord uh, will not have us be there. Uh, but if we want to be where God wants us to be, uh, we must be students uh, and people uh, and children of God uh, who are in tune uh, with the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Bible said uh, they wanted to go here uh, and God said, don't go there. Uh, don't preach here. Don't move here. Don't step here until a vision came and said, cross over and come over to Macedonia because all two places are not the same. Where I will flourish may not be where you will flourish. There are place for you. There's a place that God wanted to flourish. There's a location for you that God wanted to do ministry. Adam, it was Eden. To Adam, it was Eden. Abraham was Cain. Isaac, my God, was Rehoboth. Joseph was Egypt. Jesus was Cain. Jesus was Capernaum. Gideon Danso, his prayer factory and Christ Arena. Everybody and where God has ordained, anointed, appointed, assigned for it to go. David was Zion. You got to know where God wanted to flourish. You're clapping and singing the house right now. You're clapping and singing the house right now. Tell somebody, everybody, and where God has called them to flourish. Come on, smile and tell us there's a place for you. There's a dimension for you. There's a location for you. Anybody believe that right now? All two houses are not the same. All two churches are not the same. All two nations are not the same. All two cities are not the same. All two offices are not the same. All two companies are not the same. All two businesses are not the same. Everyone who God has called them to be and to do, I thank God that Adam was in Eden. Abraham was in Canaan. Joseph Isaac was in Rehoboth. Joseph was in Egypt. David was in Zion. Jesus was in Galilee of the Gentiles and Capernaum and Gideon Danso is in prayer factory next to Christ Arena. The devil is a liar. Where is your location? Your location determines your allocation. Where you are determines what God allocate to you. Paul was supposed to be Macedonia and would not have gotten there but for the navigation of the Holy Ghost. Before ever man made navigation and Google map, God made the Holy Spirit map to direct you and guide you and navigate you as to where to be and where not to be. My prayer for you is that you are a believer that operate by the navigation powers of the Holy Spirit. You're clapping. It's for guidance. It's for what? Guidance. My God. Number three is for counseling and for warning. Counseling and for warning. The Bible says the gift of prophecy is for what? Counseling and for life is all our perspective. The perspective you have in life is about, your sit about life and situation determines whether you win or lose. That's what the prophetic does. It gives you divine counsel. Prompts you to from dangers ahead, so you avoid them. It is said to be forewarned is to be forearmed. Prophecy is like the signs on the road. To it gives you counseling and forewarning. Acts chapter twenty-one 
And the verse number 8, the verse number 11, the Bible said, watch the scripture carefully. Acts 21, the verse number 8, the verse number 11, Acts 21, 8, and the Bible said, And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea. And we entered into the house of, of, house of Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. Verse number 9 said, And the same man had four daughters, virgin, which did prophesy. Understand that the daughters of Philip prophesied. They operated the gift of prophecy. And the Bible says verse 10, and we, and we tarried there many days. And, and they came down from Judea, a certain prophet named Agabus. Verses 11 says, and when he was come unto us, he took Paul's ghetto and bound his around his hands and feet and said, thou see the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owned this ghetto and, and shall deliver Deliver him unto the hands of the Gentiles. Understand that Philip's daughters only prophesied. They operated the gift of prophecy, which was for edification, for exhortation, and for comfort. But when Agabus came, he went more than edification, comfort, and exhortation because he was not just prophesying. He was operating the office of a prophet, and he was able to foretell what was happening and warn the dangers ahead of Paul understand that operating the gift of prophecy is not the same as operating in the office of a prophet that you felt something and saw a vision and got a word that's not make you a prophet but to operate the gift of prophecy you only need a gift of prophecy but to be a prophet you need more than the gift of prophecy you need to get the word of knowledge word of wisdom, descending of spirit and gift of prophecy when Agabus came he did not only edify he gave warning, he gave Give guidance. He gave direction. He was able to tell what was ahead. The dangers ahead. My prayer for you is that you are open to the prophetic in order that every danger, every trap, every snare that God may give you divine escape. It was Agabu that was able to tell what the enemy has plotted for Paul in Jerusalem. Philip's daughters only prophesy, but could not forewarn. But the gift of prophecy is not the same as operating the office of a prophet. So you saw a vision one day that's not make you a prophetess. You're only operating the gift of what? Prophecy. How to handle prophecy. We come to how to handle prophecy. To give the prophecy, the purpose is that one, edification, comfort, exhortation, guidance, counseling for warning, direction, correction, and so on. And then we come to how to handle prophecy. Number one, how do I handle my prophecy? Record it. Record it. Record means to create both memory and direction. Record. Create memory for your prophecy. Write it. How about which are the two? Verse 2 said, write the, and the Lord said, um, said, the Lord answered me and said, write a vision and make it plain upon tablet, upon tables that he may run that read at it. So if you get a word, record it. Your notebook, your iPad, your phone is not only for you to keep date of broken hearts. 
It's not to keep the date of the guy who left you, the guy who broke your heart. It's to keep the date of your prophecy, of, your, of the word of God that was spoken to you. You have to keep it. I have prophecy that was spoken over me since the year 2002, 2003 because I am trusting God and I'm praying that they will all come to pass. Though it time is wait for it, you're clapping. It's going to house runner. Record it. Keep them. Write them. Record it. Put in your iPod, your diaries, your notes, your iPhone, your tablets. Write the vision. Record it. Our friends, as soon as they meet me and start to minister, they put on their record, they record the word. Keep your prophecy. Keep your prophecy. Because some of you, some of you don't even need another one. You need the one you were, you need the fulfillment of those ones you were told 10 years ago. I don't need at all. Record your prophecy. Keep it. Write it. Put it there. When you record it, you read it. You go through it. Then you meditate on your prophecies. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 14 to 15. The Bible says, Paul said to Timothy, says, Neglect not the gift that is, the, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying of hands of the presbytery. Neglect not. Don't neglect the gift. Don't neglect. Don't neglect the gift of God which is in you, which was given to thee by the gift by prophecy. Prophecy reveals your gifts. It's prophecy that reveals what you are called to do. You are not called to follow people. You are called to follow the vision that God has given you. And everybody, what God has called them to do. Everybody and the assignment, everybody and they are calling everybody and the mandate and the mantle upon their destinies. God does not make counterfeit. God only makes original people. Stop copying people. Be original you. Find you. Find why God brought you here. I had the opportunity to serve with us pastoring and, in, in, and as a pastor for some years I met with Archbishop and I, I, I had the opportunity to serve him and I served him for eight years of my life. I served uh, my spiritual for Archbishop for eight years and, 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 and after eight years I came back to my church here in Palmer Center. At that time we were in Odoka, we relocated. Anybody, anybody that was in Odoka? And, and I came back and when we came to Achimata, when we came to Achimata we started. I wouldn't at all. The easiest thing to do was to just pick everything I've learned from action and, and do action and copy. No, no, that's not my calling. I love Archbishop, I love my spiritual father, but I have a calling too, I have a ministry too. Because if people are looking for Archbishop, they will not come and hear me. So I can't copy, I can't be a counterfeit of him. I learned from him, but I have an assignment. I wouldn't at all. Because if people want to hear like Archbishop, they won't come here, they will go to action. People have come here because there's a vision God has given me. You, look at me. you have to find your flow and find your voice and find your original you. Are you clapping your hands right now? You thank God for everything that God is doing with your life and through your life. He's my father here. Yeah. I love him here. Yeah. But I have an assignment. God called me to this kind of people. The people that ordinary will never have gone to church. That's my calling. I'm called to the broken, the rejected, the unchurched, the dechurched. The people that ordinary will never be Christian. They are the people that God said, go find them. Go feed them. So my dressing must fit it. The atmosphere must fit it. The prison must fit it. The worship must fit it. The mission must fit it. I'm called to a different generation. You must understand your gift. You got to find your gift. And how do you find it? By knowing what God is saying about your life, your clapping. It's in the house right now. Find who you are. Find who you are. Find your gifts. 
Find your assignment. Find your destiny. Stop being counted. Stop copying people. And stop trying to be somebody. And some of them, they are not even, they are not even just copying. They want to be you. They want to off the sins so they are you. Stop mimicking people. Be original you. Find your destiny. Find yourself. Say, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. Because, the, because what is unknown is more than what is known. Because it is out of the unknown that we know, we know the known. When you enter, there is more in the spirit than there is in the natural. And I tell you what, this thing came out of the spirit. What you see right now. It was not in the natural, but as I followed the Holy Spirit, this thing was birthed from the spirit to the natural. And I want to tell you, there's more of this and many in the spirit. If you can follow God, you birth you. It was given to you by the gift of prophecy. There was something unique. There was something powerful. Something amazing. Something eyes have not seen. No, yes, hey. Then as he entered the heart of many things, God has prepared for those. There was something that God wants you to reveal to us. God wants to use you as a vessel, as a channel, as a pioneer, as a past center, as a presenter. You shall be the first to do what nobody has done in this nation and in the world. You're clapping and singing. Oh, come on, go. Come on, go. Come on, go. Come on, go. Paul says, verse 15 says, verse 15 says, don't neglect Paul says, meditate upon these things. And give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Meditate. And when you meditate, give yourself, apply. Apply. Be a student of your prophecy. Give yourself. Dedicate. Plan with it. Navigate with it. Move with it. Take decision by it. Whatever God told you is a blueprint of your, is the architectural design of your, nobody builds without a plan. How are you building your life without knowing God's plan for your life? I know what God said, so I know what God is doing. This is not our final, this is our grande. This is our, you see, you see when, you, when, you are, when you are about to go to the main party, there's a holding place where they take coffee and drink and all that. That's why you prepare, then you get into the banquet. This is our holding place for our coffee and tea. Then we make a move to Christ arena. I understand it. I'm not about to stay here forever. You have to understand God's plan for your life. You're clapping in the second house right now. And so when you give yourself wholly to them, that thy profiting, prophecy, prophecy profits you. The, the benefits, all who see it, it may appear to all. So you record it, you write it, you meditate on it. Number three, witness your prophecy. Witness to your prophecy. Acts, Romans chapter 8 verse 16 says, Romans 8 and the verse, number 16, I'm working. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Witness your prophecy. Oh, this is so important. This is so strategic. This is so deep. Witness it. Witness it. In other words, mature to a dimension in your walk with God where your spirit can bear witness with the word being given to you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. So that if your spirit does not bear witness and you know it's not from God, you don't take it. Because people can prophesy lie. And people can profit of your life. And people can manipulate you. That's what in the New Testament, in the New Testament we can judge prophecies. But let one prophesy and let a red judge. We, we must judge the 
prophecy. How do we judge? We judge by our spirit. We judge by the word. It must be in conformity with scripture. It must be in conformity with the word. God, the foundation of all prophecy is the word of God. It must not conflict, contradict, and create error of the word. Every prophecy must have a witness in your spirit. The Bible said, let one prophesy and let the rest shine. The Bible said, when Mary saluted Elizabeth, the baby in the womb of Elizabeth leaped because there was a confirmation of what Elizabeth, what Mary spoke. As soon as Mary spoke, Elizabeth got confirmation by a witness in her spirit. The devil is a liar. When God spoke to Moses concerning Aaron, even though Aaron was Moses' brother, before Moses got to Aaron to tell him that God made you my prophet, God spoke to Aaron too. So before they gave you a word, he must get a witness, a confirmation in your spirit so that if the word is not from God, you can reject it, you can counsel it, you can rebuke it. And today, every prophecy and every evil word spoken over you in the name of Jesus, we counsel it, we abort it, we break it now. Can I get a thunderous clap in the heart? Come on, say yes. Tell somebody, I shall not die. Say, I shall not die. Say, I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. Say, anybody that says, I will not make it. I will not survive. I will not thrive. It is not from God. Say, in the name of Jesus, I speak prophetically. It is not from God. It is counseled. It is aborted. It is rebuked. It is overridden. In the name of Jesus. And by the way, never you ignore the words of your enemy when they speak the word it's not from God you got to rebuke it don't allow it David said how are they increased that trouble me many there be that say on my soul there's no help for me in God but thou O Lord are the shield for me my glory and the lifter up of my head is not from God you got to rebuke it Sit down. I rebuke it. I don't come to church just for prophecy. I come to church for confirmation of what I heard in prayer in my house. That's why, that's why you have to mature. That's why you have to grow. You yourself must come to a place where the Holy Spirit means. Not in the New Testament, no prophet is your personal Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to everybody in measure. When you become born again, you have a measure of the Spirit. So you must have a witness. You don't come and tell me something from God and speak over me like that to depress me, to worry me, to make me think over things and rebuke that. My God, my God, you're clapping. You're clapping, you're clapping. Hey, hey, hey. Say rebukes. Somebody spoke and said in six months, this ministry was scattered. We are eight years by the grace of God. Oh yeah, I said, I said, this one I said, in six months we'll scatter. We are in our eighth year. We're going to be eight. Yeah, we're going to be eight. In the name of Jesus, every spoken word over your destiny from the pit of hell, from jealousy, from anger, from ill wish, as you slap you on and shout right now, say rebuke, 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 rebuke. You are not clapping your hands. You are not shouting. You are not speaking. Say yes. Please sit down. I told you the prophecy. There's a foretelling and foretelling. There are things people see and they say, there are some things people speak out of a flow. They can be out of anger, they can speak over you. When, when Isaac called his children and said, and said, Reuben will not excel. It was not what God told him. 
It was what that he spoke. That's why when Moses came, he counted the word and said, let Ruby not die. And let not, let not his men be free because the words that grandpapa Isaac spoke, grandpapa Jacob spoke, was having effect over Reuben. The Reuben now were not part of the Kohites. When the Kohites spoke against Moses, Moses said, if I be a man of God, let the earth open and swallow. And the earth did open and swallow them, but the Reuben I joined them too. Somebody was following them. The only the Reuben, when they, were, when they got to Jordan, they said they won't go again. They got to Jordan, they were to go. God's calling to, God's calling to why you love you. God's going to use you mightily. You. I just saw it. So now I just saw it. Oh, that's a, that's a prophetic. That's a prophetic. Oh, I, 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 I saw you preaching seriously. I saw great word. I saw dangerous expression of the word. And I saw the hand of God upon your life. And I saw you speaking the man of God. I saw you teaching. I saw the hand of God over. I saw you speaking like fresh water was gushing out. And many that were thirsty were coming to drinking. And I, and I saw, and I saw as you grow, you move in the miraculous. In the miraculous, in the miraculous, your cloud, in your miraculous, in the miraculous, prophetical. Look at my church. The Rubenites carried that spoken word over them. But grandpa, are you with me at all? Moses made petition. The Rubenites reduced. They were to produce king as a firstborn, but they couldn't produce. They went to Judah. Are you with me at all? There are some words that can be spoken over you. Don't ignore them. Somebody say over my dead body. Tell them it will, it will surely be over your dead body. Somebody say over my dead body. Will you, will you marry? It will surely be over your dead body. I send your word back to you now. Any spoken word over your destiny by satanic prophets, by evil wishes, by strange men and women, by devils, by warlocks, by the power of prayer. In the name of Jesus, we repeat their words now. Can you clap one and shout now? Do I have a witness in the building? Come on, go. Come on, go. Let the assignment be blocked now. Say yes. Call over Sukata. Witness it. Get a witness. Agree with the word. Agree with it. Get a witness. Be, be a sinner of the spirit yourself. Get a witness of your spirit. Number three. War with your prophecy. War with your prophecy. War. Fight it. This means that fight with it. Prophecy is a great source of hope and confidence. It helps you to reject Ishmael to pursue your Isaac. It helps you to fight fear, pride, and any stumbling block. You fight with your prophecies. First Timothy 1 verse 18, the Bible says that this charge, this charge I commit unto this son Timothy according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou mightest them war a good warfare that thou but that thou by them mightest war a good warfare hear me church if there's a good warfare then it's a bad warfare and what is a bad warfare what bad warfare for a christian is all the frustration all the anger all the bitterness all the fear all the manipulation all the insult all the resorting to the carnal things and physical things but a good warfare is when you stand by your word and thrust and hope and believe and walk in hope and come and say though he slain me but yet will i trust him and that god is not a man that he should lie he said he would do it we wait because god will do it we trust we trust 
trust and wait because he will show up. No matter how long it takes, no matter what the enemy is trying to do, we trust God. Prophecy is your weapon. Prophecy is your victory. Prophecy is what gives you confidence and confidence and audacity and boldness and faith and hope. We thrive. We move. We go forward. Anybody trusting God that know that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, I can think or imagine the devil is a liar. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. Anybody trusting God, we war by the prophecy. We fight by the word. We stand by our word. We win by our word. We know that a thousand shall fall on our left and ten thousand on our right. But do not come near. Only with our eyes we shall behold and see the one of the wicked. The devil is a liar. All the days of my appointed time shall I wait until my turn come. I trust. I believe. I fight with my prophecy. I fight with it. I win with it. You got to sit down and tell somebody, I fight with my word. I fight with my prophecy. Come on, give some help. Say, I win always. Say, I win always. Tell somebody, I win. Say, I have, I, say I've been attacked, but I'm still trusting. I've been fought, but I'm still here. I've been abused, but I'm still here. I've been disappointed, but I'm still here. Because I know the faithful is he who promised, and he will do it. I've been in the Pit. I've been to prison. I've been betrayed. I've been abused by friends, by families, by people who knew should know better. But I still trust God that He is faithful. That even when I'm not faithful, He is faithful. Anybody clapping their hands now? Come on, say yes. We war. We war. We fight through. We fight through. Listen, we fight through rejection. We fight through fear. We fight through worry. We fight through their gossip. We fight through their backbiting. We fight through their mockery. David said, weeping has become my food day and night. Where people continue to ask me, where is my God? But I know that my redeemer lives. I know that at the center of water, I stood at the center of water. I've been abused. I've been cut down. I've been attacked. They've chastised me. They backbite me. They've attacked me. They've gossiped about me. They've set trust for me. But my soul has escaped as a bird out of the sun of fowler and the snare is broken. So now, so now, so now, hear me church, we war with our prophecy. Life is war. Christianity is a war. You win when you know your prophetic word. You win when you know what God has said. You win when you trust him. You win when you believe him. You win by faith. You win by your, being by your word. You think if Joseph didn't know what God said, and the end of what God said, he would have endured the pit, endured the prison, what do you do when people who know better decide not to know better? You think Mr. Potiphar didn't know that Madam Potiphar was not guilty. He knew. Mr. Potiphar knew that Madam Potiphar was a, had a problem with young guys. You, you, you look at me. Mr. Potiphar knew that Madam Potiphar had a, has a thing for young guy with six pack. Otherwise, why would Mr. Potiphar put Joseph in prison in his house? If a slave really turned to come, if a slave boy, someone you bought from Ishmaelite, from Cana, he tried to rape the missus of the second man of the land. Are you with me at all? You won't kill him. In Egypt, they will kill him. Oh, he will die. 
But Mr. Potiphar knew that Madame is a problem. And in order to please the people and not to make sure, say, Joseph, you know something? You know, I can't do anything, Madame. <laughs> the thing I've been dealing with, he tried with people. I have, to, I have to handle it well. You know, you know what I mean? You'll be in prison in my house. If the guy was indeed guilty, he, he would not be in prison in his house. The prison that Pot Joseph was in was in Potiphar's house. He would have killed him. Joseph was innocent. But Potiphar said, Humble yourself, let me punish you. So it's madam. Are you with me at all? What do you do when people who should know better decide not to know better? Hold on to your prophecy. Trust God. Bible says, Bible said, before the word of God came to pass in the life of Joseph, the same word tried him. Oh, what do you do when the word is trying you? It's trying your faith. Your patience, your long suffering, and giving virtue. I told you that if you say, God, give me patience, God will not throw patience like they take patience. No, that's not how God gives patience. He said, God, give me patience. God will say, Get up, get up, get up. God will push him down, push him. That's it. That's how God, you see, he can push him back, but patience says, You don't push back. When you say, God, give me patience, God gives situation to build your patience. He doesn't throw patience to you like water. He gives situation to give you patience, long-suffering, love, and power. I thank God for every situation that was meant to build my faith, strengthen my faith, and raise me. Anybody clapping? We war with our prophecy. We war. We win. We win. So now we win. That thou mightest them war a good warfare. I know the architectural design of my life. I know what God said. I'm not about to fail now. I'm not about to make wrong choice. I'm not about to fool. I'm holding on to God's word. I'm navigating with it. I'm pushing through with it. I'm winning with it. You think we are here for you? We are here because we know what God said. Some of, some of us would have given us, some of, some of us would have left this thing to go and do business a long time ago. When I look at these people and the way they can talk about you, and they can talk about you, are you I see me here talking about. They can gossip about you now. You say, hey, Paul said, we've been, we've, been, we've, been, we've been pressed on every side, but we are still here. Because we know what God said. For the joy that was set before he endured the cross, we endure because we know what God said. We trust God that thou mightest them war a good warfare. We pray with it. So every Friday night we come and pray the prophetic word. We enforce it. Because we know what God said. Like Daniel, he enforced and did warfare with the prophetic word. We pray the word. We enforce the prophecy. We stand in prayer. We pray for God to turn it around. And for God to do that which only God can do in our lives. You're clapping. It's sick. And next point. We follow the direction. Follow your direction. Never you get a word and not be willing to follow the direction. You'd rather not get, you'd rather not get a prophecy than to get a prophecy and not want to follow the direction. And sometimes the direction may sound stupid and crazy and may not be logic, but do it. Jesus said, the mother said, what's why he tells you, do it. It may sound crazy, it may sound nonsense, it may sound not logic, not smart, but do it. Because sometimes, your problem is that you are too smart. Some of you are too smart for God. Why you are where you are is because you are smart. You think you are smart. Salvation is so simple, the simple doesn't get it. Salvation is so simple, those who are deep don't get it. Now they can be so wise. That just confessing Christ is too simple for you to be saved. But that's how God does things. We trust God. We follow the direction. How do you spit on the ground and mix it with, 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 with clay to heal somebody's eye? That's unhygienic. That's not hygienic. But that's God's direction. 
What has water got to do with wine? That's God's direction. What has boring vessel and pouring oil got to do with canceling your debt? That's how God works it. What has five loaves of bread got to 5,000 people? That's how God does it. Follow that. What has jumping in the river, Jonah 7 times, got to do with leprosy of the skin? That's how God does it. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but we trust God. We call it the act of faith. We move by faith. We trust God. We follow the instruction, the direction, because we know that the outcome will vindicate the process. And finally, obey. Obey. Obedience. Bible said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. Book of James chapter 1 verse 22. Do not only be, but ye be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Be a doer. Be a follower of the word. Obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And hear me, church, I'm finished with this. When it comes to the prophetic, there's no barrier that a prophetic can break. I tell you what, there's no barrier that the prophetic cannot break. Jesus had an encounter with a woman by the well. And no amount of preaching and teaching will get this woman to break down and to humble herself and to hear Jesus. Everything just said, this woman has something to say until just switch to the prophetic. The woman raised several barriers to hinder Jesus. Barrier number one, history. said, your history as a Jew and my history as a Samaritan, there's a problem. Historical issue. Number two, Religious, how you worship, how we worship, doesn't match. There's a barrier. National, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. How do we work? Barrier. You are a man, I'm a woman. Gender, barrier. And by the way, you, you have no idea how many men have messed me up. And you are coming at this time of the, of the day to come and hit me up. You, Jesus, what do you mean? You want to hit me up like another seven man because I'm, I've already been with six. And you're also coming. Familiarity. She just switched the prophet and said, go call me your husband. The man said, I got no husband. She just said, oh yeah. What about John and Charles? And Eric and Abuaji? By the time he called the name prophetically, the woman said, whoa. You men of Samaria, come and see a man who told me all that I did. Hear me, church. At the point of the prophetic, what is historical barrier, religious barrier, national barrier, Gender barrier, familiarity barrier, they all came down because the prophetic breaks through barriers. And I don't know what barrier the enemy has put your way, but by one word, anything you did in your past, the prophetic will shift it and break it. Any religion, any religion, any familiarity, any gender, anything that has held your destiny, one word can flip it. One word can, yeah, yeah. You are one word away from breaking every barrier. And today, for every barrier that has resisted you, oppose you as you clap on and shout. Let the barriers break right now. Come on, scream and say, pray. The prophetic will break every barrier. Shut down whatever that stood your way. One word can turn your life around. And today, I speak over you the word of God that is powerful and sharper than any two edges saw to restore and turn your destiny. God bless you. God empower you. God oil you. God anoints you. God elevates you. And God bring every word spoken about your life into fulfillment. If I were you, I clap my hands better. I will shout and I scream. And I give God a praise in the house right now.